It's wonderful to be with you. My name is Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here at the Vineyard. As we continue in our series, Fresh, we hope that 2017 is allowing some freshness, some new growth, some kind of saplings to begin to burst forth. Tell you what, it's spring has already sprung weather-wise, so I figure we should just get in on the action with our own lives and begin to let some of this new growth come through. It is great to be with you, and I just want to echo what Alan shared around small groups. Man, that would be a great way to spend some of your time this spring. Uh, we just cannot say enough good things about small groups, and you know, that might be something new for you, and I would just say go for it. Just give it a shot. Look through the list, find the one that works for your calendar, and just give it a try. Uh, I know my wife Lauren and I have been participating in small groups for some time now, and it has been so life-giving to us, and it's just been wonderful. And so I would say check out that list of groups in your program, and don't hesitate. And if you're like, well, maybe, I'm not really sure. I mean, we might have to travel a little bit. We might not be able to make all the groups. Just sign up. Just go for it. It'll be so worth it. And so we encourage you to get on uh, <clears throat> with our kind of enjoyment of community here. Relationships are a huge value of ours. And so we just want to <clears throat> extend that invitation to you. You know, last week, Alan delivered what <clears throat> I just thought was such a wonderful message about fresh faith. And um, one of the things he talked about is that there is an opportunity for each of us to really evaluate what is it at the center of our life? What is it that is the most anchoring, guiding, value, principle, kind of identity thing that all of our life moves towards, is filtered through? And he talked about the opportunity to put Jesus right at the center. And that if we begin to put Jesus right at the center of all things, then all things of our life begin to move towards the one who is the giver of life, who wants to pour out his love in every aspect of your life. And I just was so encouraged and challenged last week, and my hope is that our, our message time this week will just be a, a continuance of that as we continue in the book of Colossians. Uh, we've started this year reading through and studying through the book of Colossians, which is in the New Testament. It's a letter written by Paul. And you'll notice in your program that we have provided a devotional reading plan for you. And we just want you to use that resource that maybe over the next few weeks, you and your own study on your own time can allow the Word of God, Scripture, to just kind of in little doses saturate your heart and your mind. We think it'll be really life-giving for you. And um, if you're a speed reader, just do a chapter a day and you'll knock it out really quick. If you are just an avid reader, just read the book over and over and over again because it really won't take you that long. It's like a letter. You can just read this wonderful letter. But we've also broken it down for little doses each day over the course of four weeks. And so that is in your program. Just we want to resource your faith journey. We think it's important to help followers of Jesus grow. And we also think if you're exploring faith, this is a great way to look to the life of Jesus and discover who he is and his love for you. So make sure you take advantage of that resource as well. You know, as we talk about um, this freshness in 2017, one of the things that we want to look at today is having a fresh outlook. Having a fresh outlook. Have, how many of you have a commute drive that you drive to work? <clears throat> yeah, a lot of us. Do you just take the same path every single day? How many of you drive the same thing all, yep, every day, all day? 
And you know what's interesting about that? Do you just notice that it kind of like, you just almost, this is terrifying, but it's kind of autopilot. Like you don't even begin to notice the street signs anymore because you know what they look like, right? You, you don't even really notice the, the other cars on the road because they're the same cars every day. And you just kind of wake up and you're at work. Okay, maybe that's just me. No, you know what I'm talking about. You've done this before. Sometimes in our life, we, we've been on this journey for so long that we are not evaluating the need for a fresh outlook, for a fresh outlook. And my hope today is as we look at Colossians 3, that we'll ex- receive kind of the invitation to take a fresh look at Jesus, to begin to look out again at the reality of Christ, the reality of heaven, and begin to know what would that mean for my day-to-day life to kind of break up, maybe if you're stuck in a rut, to begin to move you into a new view and a new reality of your life, your identity, and what every day holds for you because of Jesus and his love and the coming king, the kingdom that has already come and is coming again. What might it be like if us as a community embraced a fresh outlook in 2017? So what I want to do is read the first... uh, verses of Colossians 3, and I'm going to read probably the first 11 to get us started today. And so if you brought your Bible, feel free to read along with me. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation, and we'll have it on the screen here behind, so feel free to read along there. And you know, if you are an audible learner, feel free to close your eyes and listen to my voice as I'll read the scripture aloud. Does that sound like a good plan? We have a place for everybody this morning, right? All right, this is Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Let me just say right there, in other translations it says wrath, the wrath of God is coming which could also be translated as the right action, the right action of God. The right action of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger and rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. so much truth. I'm so thankful for the wisdom in the heart of Paul writing 
to this group of new believers in Colossae, these early followers of Jesus. They're figuring it out. They're in this journey of transformation, which here at the Vineyard, we like to say, we are in a journey of transformation too as we experience the transforming love of Jesus. So as we read the scripture, as we see this invitation, what I see is that there is a fresh look at ourselves is needed regularly. I don't know about you, but I know for me, I kind of need to regularly assess and evaluate how am I doing? Because if I just let enough days go by and I'm not really checking in, I'm not checking in, I might find myself somewhere I never wanted to be. Maybe you can relate to that a little bit. Maybe there's been points in your life where you just kind of looked up and you asked the question, how did I get here? I think one of the great anecdotes, kind of one of the things needed in our life to kind of battle against that is to regularly ask God for fresh eyes and a fresh outlook on our own life. And the thing that I see very first and, and kind of forefront in Colossians 3 is verse 1. It's that we would look for the reality of heaven. We'd look for the reality of heaven. This is the first fill in the blank on your listening sheet. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. I love that word imagery that he's saying about being a follower of Jesus. When you say yes to following Jesus, you have been raised to new life. You've been raised to new life, that there is an opportunity for you to step into and become a new person one day at a time, day after day after day. But we have to shift our outlook. We have to begin to embrace this fresh outlook that allows the reality of heaven to become more evident and more central in how we go about every day of our life. That we would look for the reality of heaven. That's a very active thing. It's not a passive thing. You don't say, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus and then not follow, right? It'd be like saying, hey, I'm going to meet you at the game, and if you never get up off the couch and go to your car and drive to the game, then where are you going to be? Sitting on your couch at home, right? If you say, hey, I'll follow you to lunch after church, and you sit in your car in the parking lot, then you're not really following them to lunch, are you? So this is where we have to realize that the invitation for a fresh outlook is actually an active, engaged choice. This is one of the things about faith that I think is hard, right? That we would go, man, I'm a, I gave my life to Jesus, and it all feels the same. It all feels the same. Nothing's changed. Well, one of the things when it all feels the same or nothing's changed, or maybe you've been following Jesus for 30, 40, 50 years, and you find yourself going, man, what do I do? You begin to look for the realities of heaven. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights. What's capturing your attention these days? I could go back to last fall. What was capturing the attention of the, the culture last fall? Kind of kind of went away, didn't it? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, po the political election, right? The politics and everything's going on. That was front and center capturing the attention. Everybody set their sights on the polling district. Everybody set their sights on whichever news channel was your favorite, and you set your sight on whoever's Twitter feed or social media feed, or you just set your sights to close your eyes and cover your ears and go, no, 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 no. Like, you set your sights on something. 
What did you set your sights on this weekend? What did you set your sights on? I mean, what is it that's capturing your vision? What's capturing your attention? We all are setting our sights on something. Maybe it's stuff that's not really life-giving. Maybe if you're honest, your outlook looks really dim and it looks really dark because you are beating yourself up with words that are not truth about who God's made you to be. Maybe you're so covered over by financial worry and stress that all you can see is that you lack and that it's not going to happen and you are covered over by worry and stress and anxiety or whatever it might be. What is it that is closing your vision in? Because what I know about heaven is that expands my vision to something bigger than me. If I set my eyes and my sights on the reality of heaven, I get covered over by a God that's bigger than my life and bigger than my world who says, I want to do something in your life that's loving and that's rich and that's deep. And when we begin to live our life with that kind of view, it absolutely changes things. It absolutely changes things. Here's what I'm saying. How many of you have noticed the mountain views that we have here in Pearland? Man, I once told somebody that we were at six feet above sea level. I was off slightly. Apparently, Pearland is like 60 feet above sea level, which is why we don't flood maybe as bad as some other places. But I want you to look at this first image I have to look for the reality of heaven. This is, this is an incredible snapshot, and the projector just doesn't do it justice. And, and I'll be honest, the camera that I have on my phone doesn't do justice for what my eyes can see because the other night we had this incredible sunset. I mean, it was just absolutely majestic. And I pulled out my camera and I took a picture and I just went like, ugh. Like, that isn't even, like, it's not even getting close. But you look at this and there's this rim and you can see how deep it goes because there's these little boats that are kind of making some waves barely right here, just these little white specks. And you begin to just go, this is majestic and it's huge. Go to the next one. We begin to see this incredible view of this lake and these mountains and these green trees, and it looks like Pearland. <laughs> when you close your eyes and you dream of living somewhere really beautiful like that. You know, I told my, my family came to visit, and they live closer to mountains than we do, and it was this beautiful night, and there were all these clouds, and I go, look, that's like our mountain view when the clouds sit right on the horizon, and they kind of do this thing. But when you look at this, just allow your heart to feel what it feels when you see this. Go to the next one. You begin to see Crater Lake in Oregon. And man, people love Crater Lake if you've ever been there. I mean, this is like real deal stuff. People who are from Oregon like know this because they commented on social media about it like as soon as it hit. I mean, it's just majestic. And it begins to go, wow, like how did that get here? Go to the next one. And then Indonesia looks kind of like Galveston. <laughs> and if you allow that space in your heart to begin to well up, you begin to go, man, look at how beautiful that is. What if I began to experience my life daily with the, the reality of heaven being displayed in its creation? The reality of a God who's so loving and so creative and so detailed they look at creation and go, man, if there is a God who can speak this into being, there is a God who is big enough to engage in my life and do something transformative and beautiful. Go to the next one. The Milky Way looks kind of like this. I'm sure it's better. 
like you could be close enough to see it with your own eyes. And go to the next one. This is in Canada. Man, can you feel it? Can you feel the longing in your heart for the beauty and going, if there is a God who has done this and there's a God who declares love, imagine what that means for your life. Imagine what that means for your life if we lived every day with this as the backdrop of our faith, that this is the outlook that we take, that there is a God who's capable of this and there's a God who loves you and loves me and wants to do stuff like this, this kind of beauty in our life who wants to do this kind of beauty in our city, who wants to display this kind of beauty in relationships and in marriage and in workplaces. This is a God who declares heaven is real in all of his creation. So this morning we're singing these words. All creation sings your song, and I will join with them declaring your glory. Creation declares the outlook that there is a God who loves you, who's big enough, who's majestic enough for all of our praise. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, we get to share in this glory. But it doesn't just end there. Look at the next picture. Look at the beauty and the wonder of creation. The next picture. Come on. You can feel it. The next picture. The simplicity. The sweetness. This is the reality of heaven. And this reality of heaven is set inside of your heart and in your mind. Because each of us we're one of those little ones. And the earth and the world and those things lurking that we're going to talk about in just a minute want to steal all of that wonder and all of that beauty and all the mystery about looking for the reality of heaven from my life and from my heart and from my soul. But there's a God who said, no, I'm going to come in the form of Jesus and I'm going to walk this earth and I'm going to lay my life down so that you might know the reality of heaven was set inside of you because I am your maker. I have made the heavens and the earth and all the beauty, and I've made you, and you, you are the prize. You are the prize. You are the one whose, whose affection, the affection of his heart is for you above all things, that you might set him above all things in your life at the center, looking for the reality of heaven. So how do we do that? We can't just all move to Colorado or Canada, although some people thought about it. I'm glad y'all laughed. I appreciate that. We've got to begin to see that there are things that are real beauty, but here are the things. There are things that are going to try to steal that beauty. So we have to begin to make choices about the way we're going to live our life, what we're going to orient our life to, and honestly, I'll just talk about me in this next point, and you can think about you. In order for me to, to begin to look for the realities of heaven and take a fresh outlook, I have to be honest about the old things in my life that need to go. And so I have to go out with the old. Okay? Y'all can follow that, right? Out with the old. Here's what it says. So put to death, very strong word, right? 
put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Can I just tell you, here's what, here's what I like to describe this. There is a collision of kingdoms, bam, that we're caught in the middle of. Jesus says of himself, I have come that you might have life abundantly. What this invitation is, is not a God who wants you to not have fun. It's not a God who is prude or out, out of touch with reality. It is a God who is very in touch with reality, who wants you to live more fully than you could imagine, more free than you could ever dream of, and he understands that there is a way of life that allows you to be free. And anything that sin is outside of God's best, and it steals, and it kills, and it destroys. And it might not seem like it in the moment. It might not feel like it. But I will tell you, I've listened to enough life stories in my time that I know that this is the way that it works. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I hear people tell these stories all the time. I made this choice, and I'm experiencing this thing, and it's just wrecked my life. There are things inside of my life that are trying to wreck my life. They are lurking. They are lurking. There is a battle that wages inside of me, and every day for a fresh outlook to be lived into fully, I have to be willing to regularly put the old stuff out. The old stuff's got to go out. I have to constantly strip it off. See how active it is? It's put to death. It's put it down. Don't feed it. Neglect it. Don't fuel that fire. Stop putting gasoline on that fire because it will continue to burn. Let it die out. Let it die out. There's this great quote that the grass is always greener where it's watered. What are you watering in your life? Don't water the old stuff. Is that okay to say? And here's what I mean. I'm going to just use a real example. There are things lurking that are counterfeit, right? So one of the things it says is to be pure. Don't, don't like sexual immorality and all that stuff. The average age of for, first pornography use is 11 years old. Like the first viewing, the first time you're exposed to pornography, 11 years old. That's young, right? That's normal in our culture. That's the earthly things lurking, right? Trying to get in there, trying to kind of like hook you and pull you away from what's counterfeit, like what God intended and give you something counterfeit. That would be an old thing trying to show up in my life as a 31-year-old. Put it away. Don't feed it. Don't feed it. Don't look. Don't go there. Don't Google that. Don't even give yourself a chance. Read how they talk about movies. If there's stuff in it, don't watch it. Y'all following me? Out with the old. As many times as it takes. Out with the old. Out with the old. Out with the old. And what you have to see is this. It's God inviting you to something better than you could ever imagine. It's an invitation of the living God to something better than you could imagine. And so what is it going to be for us this year? What are the old things that try to keep coming back? And here's what they tell you. This is who you are. This is your identity. And you have to keep telling them no. No. Even if you think about the word lurking, that doesn't sound like a kind word. Right? Am I, I mean, y'all tracking with me, right? Like it's lurking. Ooh. But it's so subtle. We've got to take a new outlook. 
Because then it talks about things like anger and rage and lying. And those can be so subtle. And here's what I want you to know. The enemy wants to destroy your life. The kingdom of darkness wants what? Darkness. Jesus wants you to know life abundantly, wants you to be free, wants you to be fresh and growing and transforming. And here's the thing. It is with love and affection that Jesus says, come. It's not shame. It's just saying, hey, when you were doing your own thing, it looked like your thing. But just come follow me. Come follow me. Take on your new identity. You've been raised to new life. So put the old stuff out. As many times as it takes, day after day after day, just put the old stuff away. And if you are away from it for 20 years and it shows up again, do not be discouraged. Do not be dismayed. What I did on the cross still stands. It's still sufficient. Just put it to death again and be raised to new life. 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 And let the realities of heaven fill you over and over and over because transformation is a process and it is worth the rest of our lives. It's worth the rest of our lives. Now is the time to get rid of anger and rage and malicious behavior and slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Live full, live free, and look for the new. Out with the old. I got to take this trash out a couple times a week. It just keeps filling up. We keep taking it out. The trash fills up, and we take it out. The trash fills up, and what do we do? We take it out. I don't get overwhelmed by that. I just do it as many times as it takes, right? As many times as it takes. In college, a little bit less. But now that we have a home and kids, I try to do a little bit more, right? So that's how it works with our life. When something shows itself, you just go, you know what? I told you to go. Get out. Put it on the curb. Walk back inside and put on the new. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Again, it's this active approach to faith. I love this. You can hear it in the language that Paul used. Put on your new nature. Put it on. And be renewed, which tells me no matter how many times I've been new, I need to be what? Renewed, right? Because it's a process of transformation. It's going to happen over and over and over. And I'm not perfect, so there's grace. And God goes, I love you. Let's do this again. This is why I came. Think about this for just a second, and this will give you a great talking point if you're talking to anybody about faith. The Christian journey, saying yes to Jesus, the first, it's, there's a lot of steps, I'm simplifying this. The first step is acknowledging I need help. I need a Savior. I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. So then, imagine this. The Christian community is all these people who have said what? I need help. So then imagine what happens when you put a group of people like that together. It's not perfect. So what do we do together? We encourage each other to regularly go out with the old and put on the new. Again, fresh and new. Be renewed to know your creator and become like him. Look for your maker. It was in all those photos. And the projector just doesn't even do it justice. Look for your maker in all the people that are gathered here, all the beauty that's here the kids, the littlest ones, to the youngest veterans who are leading the way for us. There is beauty here. When we begin to put on our new 
nature to become like him. The vineyard, we say, this is a place to belong, and it's a place to become. Belong, and as you belong, you get to believe, and as you believe, you become, and it's a process over and over and over again. Become, become, become. Life, become more free. Shame-free living is the kingdom of God because you are loved and you are worth it. Become, put on your new nature. So how do you do this? How do you actually do this? So here's an illustration for you that I worked up. Sometimes visuals help me. Sometimes I think visually. So my old nature, really when I talk about old nature is identity, right? What defines you? Who are you? So I brought a college practice jersey because I had to practice before I could ever earn any game time. So what's interesting is we usually do this. We usually cover ourselves up with something, right? And you're going to be like, Kurt, that was your real jersey? Like, did you shrink? Nope. This is the size they gave me. <laughs> Double XL, baby. Smallest size issued in college athletics. So needless to say, I look tiny today. <laughs> Pretty funny. But I had to put this on. And so like my life was this. This was the focus of my attention. I had to work. And what's interesting is I know a lot of people that they, they make something their life, right? They make something. So this is just metaphorically speaking, if you will, that we make something our identity. We just cover ourselves. So it's work. It's work. It's a role that we keep. It's a particular, you know, view on life and that this is, this is what I know to be true and this is who I am and it's my thing and it's ultimately about me because honestly, I was the one who wore this. None of y'all got to. Sorry. It's about me, baby. Woo! But I practiced, so then we just put this one on over it, and we just keep burying who we are in some external thing, some circumstantial thing, some nice thing that looks nice, right? And then we walk around on campus, and we're like, hey, it's me, baby. You paid to come see me play. It's my world. And you can just feel that self-centeredness. It can just foster, and no offense to any other college athletes, y'all were probably more humble than I was or whatever, um, but it's something that I have to work on. Check, you had to check yourself. But it, this was my identity. And then what's really good is even when I wasn't on the court, that's okay. Man, I could just put this on. I could just, my old nature, right? I could do it today. I could wear this around and just think I'm hot stuff and big stuff and just zip it up. Woo! Nike, Nike Elite says so. Right there. <laughs> and I'm good. And nobody knows my inside at all. They just see this. It's nice and clean. Nike issued. Yeah. And this is how we live. This is how we live. And the inside feels kind of hollow. It's kind of empty. It's not very satisfying. Because if you go back and look at the records, we lost a lot of games. And if you go look at the roster, I'm not on it today. So what do I do? Whatever that thing is for you that you've been carrying around that says this is who you are, take it off. Just start taking it off. Out with the old. Because here's, here's what Jesus wants to do in your life. He wants to renew you into who you've always been made to be. And you begin to see that who you are is declared in this book beautifully. That you're invited to be rich in love and kindness 
and mercy, that you were made to declare the glory of the one who made you, that as beautiful as all those landscapes are, they pale in comparison to the God-given identity and the beauty that he has given you. And it's declared in this book from start to finish. And what this book does is it changes my inside. It starts on my inside so that then anything I do on the outside is an overflow from my source. So sometimes you have to do things like this. You know, that's a little bit tight. You have to put on apron and serve some people around you. There's my name on it, which is fun. Worn it once in real life. Today's number two. <laughs> it has been worn before today. But you gotta, you gotta start serving those around you, not because they're your identity, because your identity's internal and God loves you and he says serve those as you've been served, loved as you've been loved. And it starts with the creator and so you put on your apron and you start to serve those around you and it's beautiful. And then, you know, you, I've had the privilege of, I've got a, a son that's playing basketball and so look what I get to put on this year, coach. Yeah, it's fun, but I'll tell you what, it's not my identity because I would be a horrible coach to these kids because then if coaching was my identity, then I put this on and I start going like, we got to win. My, my contract depends on it. I got to get paid. Come on. No. This is about six-year-olds being encouraged and built up and going, you are amazing. You are a gift. You are a treasure. And we cheer, and then we tell all the parents, you will cheer for every kid this year. That's all that comes out of our mouth. So we're going to build them up. Because the coach isn't my identity. What's on the inside is my identity pouring out in every relationship, in every arena that I live and breathe and move. And do I do it perfectly? No. Ask those that live closest to me. And here's what they'll tell you. If we go to the next slide. We begin to look for, the, for life in Christ. I need life in Christ every day because I won't do this very well. I won't coach very well. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. See, these are cultural declarations of identity markers. Oh, you're a slave. Oh, you're free. Oh, you're barbarian. And Jesus showed him and goes, no, all of that goes away. I am your identity. Christ is all. He begins to shape this new life that we are invited into that everybody is welcomed and received with his love declared in us and through us. And if you keep reading Colossians 3, it lines, it lines out for us how to do this. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Can I just ask, which clothing store do you go to to get those? Where do you go shop for that kind of stuff? See, this is the putting on the new. This is a total rework of our identity that we would clothe ourselves with tender-hearted mercy, which overflows from the inside out. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Man, I'm thankful that my family does that for me because they do. Because I'm not perfect. Remember I just shared that? And forgive anyone. Who does that mean we forgive? 
Everyone. Yeah, that's a tall, that's a tall order. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. This is the fresh outlook. Let the message of Christ fill your lives. Clothe yourselves with all the goodness and all the tenderhearted mercy and all the kindness and all the peace and all the love and all the joy. Just start clothing yourselves in it. We can make quite a fashion statement. Some of you might be listening to this and go, it's not possible. That sounds nice. But I've been trying really hard, and I just... I seem stuck. I just don't know that it's possible. And I just want to tell you this morning, don't give up. It's a fresh outlook. That's why we call it fresh. Because it's new. It's different. It's a, it's a shake-up. It's a change-up. So where is God speaking to you this morning? Maybe the Holy Spirit is just drawing you to say, hey, look, don't pick up that old identity. That's not who you are. Don't buy into that. Don't speak that over yourself. That's not my voice. That's not my truth. That's not my word. It's not who you are. So just put it curbside this morning. Just bag it up and walk it to the curb and drop it. So we have people available to pray week in and week out the metaphorical curb. <laughs> Unload your baggage. Don't carry it around. That is not who you are. You are loved by the Creator God so much that it said He sent Jesus to declare His love. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit declaring their love over your life. Fresh outlook. Maybe, maybe it's not the old stuff that's getting you, but it's just you, you, you want that new thing, but it just feels like it's slow and coming. You've been on this faith journey for a while and it just feels like, man, I just, I don't know, I, I, I just kind of feel stuck. So let's reach for some new stuff. Let's try on some new outfits today. Let's ask for more tender-hearted mercy. Let's ask for more kindness, more peace. Let's just ask for Jesus, more alive in us. Maybe that makes sense. Maybe that's where God's meeting you today. And every week I was thinking about this. Um, on any week that Alan or I or anybody who preaches here at the Vineyard, we think about two people groups all the time. People who have already said yes to Jesus. And our heart is always, there's more for you. You're not done. There's more for you. We believe there's more of God's love and more of his presence and more of his transformation for you today. 
And I hope you've heard that in the message this morning in Scripture. And we're always thinking about the other group who is on a journey of discovery, asking the question, who am I and who do I live for? And I just want to tell that group today, if you are here and you are exploring faith, God loves you, and he's made you with great purpose. And he wants to give you a fresh outlook for your life that you've never known before. And it's an outlook that begins to just speak hope and peace to your heart. It's an outlook that begins to just work internally to anchor you and settle you on the hope of Jesus that you are worth everything and that your life has purpose. And here's what I know. No matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whenever I read a list like tenderhearted mercy, kindness, patience, goodness, love, peace, everybody that I know that I've ever asked about goes, I loved those things. That sounds like a great way to live. Man, if more of that was in our culture, our culture would be better. If more of that was in our city, our city would be better. I know the source. And it's a loving God. And I think the reason that stuff wells up inside of me and I go, yes, is because I believe God has set that deep in my soul to draw me back to him. 